retreat 2018 are you glad are you glad if your spirit bears testimony then say amen. amen hallelujah we give god all the praise and we give god all the glory nothing pleases the heart of the father more than believers gathered together in his name down at his feet hallelujah to hear his word Bible says that Jesus went to the house of Mary and Martha, two sisters. Each one of them chose to do something different. And on the face value, they both seemed to be doing something that was important. As a matter of fact, what Martha chose in the natural seemed to be wiser. And it seemed that see Mary, what Mary chose she was inconsiderate because she chose to sit herself at the feet of Jesus and listen to the words of Jesus. But the Bible says that Martha was encumbered by many chores, many activities. Jesus had come to the house. Martha was ready to unleash her culinary, what you call, how do you, call, how do you say it? Culinary. culinary skills. Hey, Charlie, there's a town in Ghana called Profuyedu. English is heavy. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was when she decided to display her cooking skills. Which was not a bad thing because she wanted to feed the master. But Mary decided to sit down at the feet of Jesus and listen to the words of Jesus. Hallelujah. After a while, Martha got frustrated. Nobody asked you to cook. 
You chose to cook. Mary chose to sit down. After a while, she got frustrated. Does that sound like? Hallelujah. Those are hallowed grounds. You must be careful. If you trespass, you'll be in trouble. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Those are what hallowed grounds we tread cautiously. Nobody asked you to cook. You decided to cook. Mary was sitting now. She got frustrated and went to the master. Master, carest not thou that my sister is not helping me in the kitchen. I'm preparing a nice soup for you. Some jollos watching against some side dishes of fried plantain, fried plantain for you. Yet still, Martha is very sitting here. You don't care that she's not helping me. What were the words of Jesus to Martha? Martha, Martha, you are worried about too many things. Only one thing is needful. These are the words of Jesus. Only what? One thing. Only one, not two. In your life as a believer, there is only one thing that is needful. Hallelujah. Amen. Only one. Jesus said, Mary has chosen that good portion and it will not be taken from her. What Jesus trying to say, I'm not going to let you take her out of where she has decided to place herself. There is only one thing needful. Martha, you are encountered about too many things. I feel like one of the problems in the faith is activity. We love activity. Everything that surrounds the ministry, the peripherals, as I love to call it, we love it. But the main thing, we fail in that. Only one is what? Needful. Sitting yourself at the feet of Jesus and listening to his word. Paying attention to the word of Jesus. Hallelujah. And tonight we have chosen that portion. Amen and amen. It is called the good portion. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, don't be too occupied with other things that the word of God becomes secondary in your life to those things. Especially in the church. You are busy about a thousand things. Busy about a thousand things. Do you know some people go to church and they never hear the message? Because they are busy walking up and down. They are ushers, they are with the children in the apartment, they are busy. And they use that as their excuse. And they justify themselves in their mind. No wonder your life, your Christian life is still where it is. Because you've not been listening to the word. You came to church to listen to what? The word. The teaching of the word is the most important thing for the believer 
who is called to be what a disciple jesus said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel when you go into the world what you do you preach the gospel hallelujah that is to proclaim to declare evangelize you proclaim you declare you preach announce the gospel the good news of the kingdom and then he says when they believe and they are baptized in the name of jesus what does that mean it means they are born again hallelujah after they are born again teach them to observe all that i've commanded you in the teaching those who have believed become disciples you raise disciples by teaching that is why in the ministry the emphasis must be teaching of the word hallelujah that is what the apostles placed premium on the teaching of the word hallelujah the teaching of the word the teaching of the word it is through the teaching of the word that believers become disciples you grow as a disciple we said that a disciple is a student of christ a student is a diligent learner hallelujah so if you are not a diligent learner you're always looking for some fast things to get by in your life listen you are not a disciple of christ you are failing in that regard hallelujah the teaching of the word is what produces disciples mary chose that portion hallelujah that is why when jesus came again and lazarus was dead you could see the evidence of their behavior in their response to a situation lazarus was dead when martha came she was crying you know what martha said he's been dead four days when you open it it will be stinking mary was weeping when jesus said to mary that your brother shall rise again you know what mary said i know he will rise again at the resurrection of the saints how did mary know that there is resurrection of the saints how did mary know that that is a deep doctrine even some in the church don't know about the resurrection of the saints because they've not been taught hallelujah they don't know the resurrection of the saints how many of you have heard a preaching or a teaching about the resurrection of the saints in church but it's our hope do you know that the Bible says that we have been called unto a living hope. The resurrection of the saints is our hope. Hallelujah. Amen. Mary knew that. Where did she learn that from? Jesus. But Martha, if you open this name, it will be stinking. <laughs> That's all she could think about. Hallelujah. He's been dead four days. Jesus knows. Amen and amen. And Jesus said to them, did I not say to you that if you believe, you shall see the glory of God? Hallelujah. You can clearly see. Brethren, 
activity does not necessarily translate into spiritual growth. Spiritual growth comes by diligent absorbing of the word of God. I've said to you several times, the food of the believer is Christ and he alone. He is the true bread that came from heaven above. He said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. To eat the flesh of Jesus and to drink his blood is to believe in him. To learn of him. Hallelujah. And to know him. Amen and amen. That is partaking in Christ. Like I said the other time, it is not eating bread and wine. That is not the body of Christ. They've been eating bread and wine for 2,000 years in Israel. And Jesus came and he said that, I am the true bread. What the, your fathers were eating in the wilderness, that is not the true bread. I am the true bread. Hallelujah. So the believer must place premium on the teaching of the word of God and on the learning, studying the word of God. I will not cease to emphasize this to you, brethren. If I fail to do that, I failed in my assignment as a pastor. Hallelujah. I'm not supposed to give you a quick something to get you by in life. That's not what we are here for. Hallelujah. No. We are supposed to raise you in the faith after Christ. So Paul said, you have not so learned Christ. That means he had taught them Christ. Paul says, him we preach. And not only him we preach, him also we teach. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So if there is anything you carry out of here, you don't carry anything. One thing you carry out of here is that you must be a diligent student of the word of God. Listen, what I desire so much is that faith generation, we will have such a thorough knowledge of the revelation of the truth of Christ in the scriptures so that everywhere we go, we can boldly declare the truth and be able to teach others. Paul said to Timothy, the things that I have taught you commit to faithful men who can commit to others. That is transmission of knowledge. Hallelujah. He said to young Timothy, the faith that was in your grandmother Lois, which is in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced it's in you. How did that transgenerational translation of information happen? Through teaching. Timothy was taught. So he said, how that from a child you have known the scriptures? What did they teach Timothy? What did grandmother Lois teach Eunice? The scriptures. What did Eunice teach Timothy? The scriptures. Took a time, taught and tutored Timothy in the scriptures. How that you have known the scriptures from a childhood? Which are able to make you wise, so fizzle. That is, make you smart unto salvation. That is, in the matters of salvation. Because that is what the scriptures reveal. The main theme of scripture is salvation. And who is salvation? Jesus. Jesus is the salvation of God for mankind. Hallelujah. The main theme, not that that's the only thing scripture talks about, but the main theme of scripture is what? Salvation. Amen and amen. But you will grow in your faith through what? 
the word. Paying attention to the word. Listening to the teaching of the word. Not just any teaching. Hallelujah. So it's not enough. I feel as pastors, our duty and as elders, our duty not just to preach to the... You see, believers don't necessarily need preaching. They need teaching. Hallelujah. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It is profitable for what? One, doctrine. That is what teaching. Two, reproof. Providing evidence. When you go to the court of law and they say that you stole this, you say, I didn't steal this. And the guy, your prosecutor brings a video where you are seeing life and color reaching your hand into the pot of soup at night when we're all sleeping and you took that goat's meat. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the, the prosecutor has produced proof, evidence. Amen and amen. The scriptures provide what is for reproof. That is providing evidence. Evidence of what? The Messiahship of Christ. Because that was the bone of contention. The Bible says, Jesus was a stumbling block to the Jews and a rock of offense to them. Amen and amen. To the Jews, he was a stumbling block. Hallelujah. He was a stumbling block. Why was he a stumbling block and a rock of offense to them? Because they could not believe. You mean this Jesus is our Savior? All through the life of the Jewish generation or the Hebrew children, the Israelites, all their saviors came with physical might and delivered them from physical enemies. They saw raw power of God dividing wrestling, and one angel came and slew 180,000 of their, their enemies. Something rose up, fought the Philistines. David and Goliath, young killing. You see, it was all physical, natural things. God comes in, bang, 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 bang. Kills them, bang, 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 bang. Actually, let me not say God comes in. Kills them, bang. We learn that God does not kill anyone. Kills them, bang, bang, bang. Kills all of them. And then they, they, they are delivered from their enemies. So, that is what they are used to. So, they are looking for a savior. When you say, when Jesus came, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one to say, say you... And you are so gentle, you don't fight. When we even bring so I say, put them away. What can he say, love your enemies? What do you mean? David was not loving his enemies by killing them. <laughs> when they went to the land of the Jebusites and the, and the other sides and the eyes, they killed them all. They don't even leave. What do you say, love, do good to those who persecute? When they were persecuting them in Egypt. You are saying, so how can you be our savior? You see, in the minds of, listen, if you were there as a Jew, you would be like that. Don't think, oh, I would have believed it. You would not have believed in Jesus. You would not. That is why he was a rock of offense to them. How can you claim you as a savior who is dying on the cross? How? You are so weak and powerless. All the saviors of the past were mighty men of valor in the flesh. That was what they were used to. Jaffa, Samson, all those men, mighty men of Allah in their flesh. Hallelujah. To the Greeks, it was foolishness. For them, it wasn't, just, it wasn't a rock of offense. To the Greeks, it was foolishness. Because to them, 
their heroes were Zeus and Hercules and all these things, mighty men. So how can you say you're a strong guy and you're dying like there's no sense in it? But to us who are being saved, Christ, the wisdom and the power of God. Hallelujah. He is the wisdom of God. God chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. If the princes of this world had known, they would not have what? Crucified the Lord of glory. The princes of this world. Who is the prince of this world? Satan. That means Satan did not know. Do you know that when Jesus came, was born, Satan did not know that this is Jesus? Satan is not that wise, so like the way we make we think he's so wise. Even after the fall of Adam, he was and he had the authority of Adam. He did not know. He was now learning. So Job, God had to tell him concerning Job, all that he has is in your hands. God was not saying, I'm giving everything of Job to you. No, he's telling the reality, hey Satan. You now you don't even know that everything that Job has is in your hands. Because death reigned from Adam to what? Moses. They were all under the power of death. And who had the power of death at that time? Satan. He didn't even know the extent of the power of death. He didn't know. He was now learning. It took him years, centuries to learn. Now he's still learning. So when he said, ah, okay, I've seen that they said some stars be mocking. He said, is it so let okay, I don't know who he is. Let me kill all two year olds. Killed every one of them. He came into hell and killed every one of them. He didn't know. He didn't know. Even when Jesus grew up, he didn't know that this was Jesus. Also, John said, This is the Lamb of God who taken away the sin of the world. He had been following. John the Baptist has been doing some things. This is the Son. Okay, is he really? Let me go and test and see if it is him. If you are really the Son of God. He was trying to find out. He doesn't know. The devil is not omniscient. But sometimes believers will make the devil seem like some wise guy. He's such a foolish guy. Hallelujah. He knows nothing. He, 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 he didn't even know the scope of the authority he carried. The power of death. Amen. Look at God said the day you eat the fruit you will die. But Adam lived 969 years, right? Or 930 something years. Satan could not even. It took him 930 something years to kill Adam. But he had the power of death. But thanks be unto Jesus. The Bible says that, oh, death, where is your sting? Hallelujah. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto Christ Jesus who gives us the victory. Hallelujah. We have victory over death. Because the Bible says that through death, he abolished death. Hallelujah. And took the keys of death from the one who had the power of death. So death is no longer in the hands of Satan. It, death has been abolished. That is why when believers die, we say they've fallen asleep. Awaiting the resurrection of the saints, our living hope. Death is yours. Hallelujah. Paul says, whether death of life. Whether death or life, whether Cephas or Paul, all things are yours. You possess it. It is yours. Death is not a spirit. I was having a conversation with that, Amen. So many times, you know, we have this understanding that death is a spirit. 
the spirit of death has come. If death is a spirit, then that means that it was created by God. Because God is the father of all spirits. There is no spirit in this world that God did not create. And if death is a spirit, then it must be, from my own scientific observation, that death is omnipresent. Because in every second, doctors tell us, or research tells us, that more than eight people die every second. Right now, as I'm talking to you, people are dead. Not in one place, in different places. The spirit of death is everywhere. He's omnipresent. That means death is not the spirit. He cannot be. The only being in the world that is omnipresent is who? God. So what is death? A principle. Hallelujah. That finds strength in the principle of sin. Sin is not a spirit. So the Bible says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. The principle of death can't work in my life. The principle of life is working in me by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has delivered me from the sting of death, which is sin. Amen and amen. That is who I am now in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So don't be afraid of death. Ask your question. <laughs> it comes to me a little bit. Uh -huh. Initially, I thought you were talking about um, spiritual death. Mm -hmm. and then you translate it into physical death. Okay. So it's kind of. Death is death. Death is death. Let me explain the principle of death again. Spiritual death and physical death is just different occurrences of death. What is spiritual death? Death itself means separation. That's all. It is the principle of separation. Spiritual death is what? Separation from God. Who is God? God is life. When you are separated from life, you are dead. That is spiritual death. Physical death is what? The separation of your spirit from your body. Hallelujah. You are dead physically. Amen and amen. You, are, you can no longer inhabit this body of flesh anymore. Amen and amen. So that is the difference. In that day, when I'm saying that it took the devil 936 years to kill Adam, I'm not, I'm not saying that it took him 936 years to die spiritually. He died spiritually that day. Hallelujah. According to the word of the Lord. But physically, he did not die right away. We all know he lived 900 and something years. But the devil had the power of death. And if he knew how to use it, it could have ended Adam's life. But because he didn't know, if you study genealogy very well, you can see that gradually he was learning, he was learning, he was learning, he was learning. Amen and amen. Creating different avenues and different diseases and things like that by which people, they call agents of death, by which people can die quickly. You can postpone death. It's not like there's a time for you to die, like, you know, a time has come, you are, you are about to, you are supposed to die. No. You can postpone death. Because death has been what? Abolished. We hold it like that. Amen and amen. You see, the revelation of the truth of the word of God shows the believer's authority in Christ and what he has come into. That's why Jesus said, He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. 
and he that liveth and believes in me shall never die. He said to you, do you believe this? Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Yes, we do. We never die. We don't waste away. For us, the separation of this physical body, of our spirit from this physical body is not the thing. Because we groan in ourselves, saying the word of the Lord, that we will put up this body of flesh and that we will be clothed above with our heavenly house. Amen. The Bible says that we have a house in heaven which God himself built for us. It is not brick and mortar. It is a spiritual body. When mortality shall be swallowed up by immortality, that is when we will put on our spiritual house. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter number five. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. What took us in on this round? Steady the word. Hallelujah. So, Pastor Sam, you said all these things to say we should study the word. You could have just told us study the word. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Somebody say, Asemo. It is Nabatao. Right? It is well. But you see, most of our errors will be corrected easily if we study. Hallelujah. I decided a long time ago. You don't know just because you're a pastor. Or you're an elder. You just don't know. Elder man, the day I commissioned you guys as elders of faith generation, did you receive supernatural knowledge of the Bible all of a sudden? No. But as you study, you know. As you read, you know. Paul said that when you read, you may understand. My insight into the revelation of the mystery. Understanding comes through reading. How many of you can pass an exam without reading? And then you wrote a pharmacy bar exam. And then you, how many hours did you read? <laughs> Hallelujah. If, if, if to pass even simple pharmacy, uh -huh. you are saying A. Simple. Uh -huh. Yes. To pass, listen, I'm saying simple in comparison. The simplicity is in comparison with the greatness, the, 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 the great intellectual requirement you need to handle the scriptures. If simple pharmacy required countless hours of reading, how about not the text of scripture? Hallelujah. But we treat the text of scripture as anything. We handle it anyhow. We open it anyhow. Jump anywhere. Pick anything. Here and there. And we talk anyhow from it. Hallelujah. You are not permitted. I tell you, brethren, the truth. The more I study, the more I'm careful how I handle the text of scripture. The more I study, that's what I find. I have a greater appreciation. I approach it with caution. Amen. Amen. Because out of it, Men are killing other people's lives. The Bible says, do you know that in that same text of the Bible, there is something called the ministration of death, and in that same text, there is something called the ministration of life. Yesterday we learned it. That means, I can give people out of the same text a ministration of death. It is not everything you speak from the Bible that sounds nice, it's a ministration of life. The Bible says that he has made us able ministers of the new covenant. 
not of the letter which kills but of the spirit that means that i can speak something from the bible that will kill others it kills them not because it makes them sad you are going to hell you are going to death then it makes them no and those ones that are nice gives them life no what gives them life is the truth of the spirit hallelujah so handle from today when you see your bible respect it that text of scripture hallelujah to even understand simple socrates and aristotle and plato their writings and shakespeare people do shakespeare 101 shakespeare 234 they, they study when they go to college to study shakespeare's writings it takes years to understand how much more the text of scripture what is the difference between the text of scripture and those writings the difference is the text of scripture is what inspired all scripture is given by the inspiration of god that is they are god breathed it's not like god wrote it for them no we learned that when the bible says that they are given by the inspiration of god it means that god inspired their writing shakespeare was not inspired by god that is why his text is not referred as holy shakespeare writing we refer to the text of scripture as holy scripture right because they were inspired by a holy god holy men of god spoke as they were moved by what the holy ghost not by their wings and caprices not by a belly food hallelujah what was inspired the writing if the writing was inspired that would mean that it's not everything that is recorded that is the word of God. A lot of people think the Bible is the word of God. The Bible contains the word of God. So I can't just go in and pick anything and start running with it is the word of God. For example, I mentioned the last time. You can't just go to Job and pick anything Job said. He gives it and he takes it away. Hallelujah. And it is he gives and he takes away. My heart would choose to say. Blessed be your name, the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You can just go and pick it up. Those are the words of Job. But they've been written for us so that we know how Job was thinking out of ignorance. Not for you to go and copy him. Because after Job and his three friends had poured forth their ignorance for 38 chapters, Job said, all these things I said, I said in ignorance. But people are doing an exegesis of the things Job said in ignorance and pulling out of them to live their lives. Just because they don't study. If they had read further, they would realize that Job said, everything I was saying, I said in ignorance. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear. That means the knowledge Job poured forth in the book of Job, everything was saying together with his friends. They were rumors. He said, I've heard of you by rumors, hearing of the ear. Now that my eyes see you. And after that, he didn't see anything again. God was now talking to him. Can you find play ideas or loosen the cause of Orion? God was talking to him. Hallelujah. He didn't say he shut up. Hallelujah. So what a waste of life if I spend my life in joke. Trying to learn about God from joke. Hallelujah. You can't know God from Job. From the things Job said. Hebrews 1 1. What does it say? 
at sundry times and in diverse manners the prophet spoke to us but in these last days God has spoken to us in the person of the son Jesus hallelujah at sundry times what does it mean we learnt it what does sundry times mean that means in different portions of the truth that is why when you study the old testament or we have genesis to revelation they are they are they are progressive revelation they don't carry it they carry portions of their light the true light with jesus christ until god spoke in the person of the son jesus which was the finality of it all because jesus is the express image of the father the express image of his person amen and amen so in christ we see god perfectly the fathers of old that is the prophets the portions of truth they have the Bible describes them as types and shadows. I said to you, shadows are what? Askia, dark things. But the light of Christ was still shining through their darkness, and their darkness could not comprehend. That is, put it out. It still showed through. They will see certain things, but they don't see well because they themselves, their hearts are still dark. Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Hallelujah. They were not born again. So their vision of God was skewed. Their vision is called shadows. Dark shadows. Askia. But the true light was who? Christ who showed a perfect representation of God. So when Jesus came on the scene, he was correcting some of their ideas about who God is. He said, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Did Jesus ever say, that's say the Lord? Because he is the Lord. Hallelujah. Never said, Pastor, you're the Lord. He said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Hallelujah. What is a shadow? A shadow never gives you an idea or the exact knowledge of a thing. It just tells you that something is there. A shadow can never tell you the length of a person. It may elongate it. It may shorten it. It may fatten it. Slim it. That's a shadow. You can't learn anything. You can't learn the color of dress the person is wearing from a shadow. You can't learn it. They are what? Shadows. But the light, that's what the Bible says. But we have a more sure word of prophecy. Which will do well to pay him as a light shining in dark places. Until the day star rises in our hearts. What is that day star? Christ Jesus. Has he risen in our hearts? Yes. He was shining through dark places. Even through the darkness of their ignorance. In their portions of the truth, He was shining through. Their types and shadows, Christ was shining through. Look at Abel, his sacrifice, Christ was shining through. Look at the Garden of Eden, Christ was shining through as well, the tree of life. Moses lifted up the golden serpent, Christ was shining through. Their sacrifices, the temple and all those sacrifices they brought, Christ was shining through them. Hallelujah. You read the book of Leviticus, you see all those practices, sin offering, wave offering, peep offering. Christ was shining through because they all speak about him. He was shining through. Amen and amen. As a light shining in dark places. 
until the day star actually came. When John said, this is the lamp of God that taken away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. He has arisen in our hearts. We no longer dwell in shadows again. Hallelujah. We have exact knowledge of God the Father. We know Him. We know Him. He is no longer mysterious. He doesn't work in mysterious ways. We know how He works out in Christ. Hallelujah. We know Him. The Bible says that the Son of God has come and He has given us understanding that we may know Him that is true. Jesus brought us the revelation of the Father. Amen and amen. Perfect revelation of the Father. In Christ I see God. There is no knowledge of God outside of Christ Jesus. Stop following visions of men. You watch on YouTube. Stop following it. Hallelujah. You can't know God by people's visions. You know God by the revelation of Christ in the scriptures. That is why Timothy's mother and, and grandmother did not teach Timothy their visions they had. I believe they had some. But they taught him on the scriptures. Amen. Learn the scriptures. In it, there's a revelation of the Christ who is the day star that has risen in our hearts. Hallelujah. When the dawn is about to break, you can see the sun is, up, is trying to shine through. But the darkness is, is not so clear. But the dawn is breaking. Then finally, the sun rises in its strength. Then the dawn breaks. Then you see everything clearly. That was how it was. Until Christ came, died, and resurrected. The light was shining. The light was shining. The light was shining. Through the fathers of faith, the light was shining. Through Abraham, in tithes and shadows, the light was shining. Hallelujah. He said to Abraham, take your son Isaac, your only son Isaac, offer him to me. The light of Christ was shining through him because Isaac was a type of Christ. It typified the, 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 the death of Christ on the cross. The same mountain Abraham sacrificed, Isaac was the same mountain that Jesus died. Hallelujah. Typifying Christ. Amen. The light was shining through. Amen and amen. Shining through. Through the prophecy of the prophets, the light was shining through. Sometimes they will be prophesying to Israel. And then in the prophecy, a, a, a revelation will come concerning the coming Messiah. Through the Psalms of David, sometimes you will be praising God. And you will release the prophecy. Like when he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Who was he talking about? Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The light was shining through until he finally came on the scene. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Hallelujah. Without him, anything, nothing was made that was made. Hallelujah. He said the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended not. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. You refer it down to the sword. The man said, and the word became flesh. That true light said, this is the true light that lighted every man that came in the world. This light, this word that is the true light became flesh. Jesus. John saw him and said, the one who sent me to baptize said that he that you see that the dove would, would, would the, the, the spirit of God would descend on us a dove. He is the one. Hallelujah. He said, this is the lamp of God. Hallelujah. The true day star. The one you have been looking for. The one the prophets prophesied about. The one in whom the tithes and shadows refer to. Hallelujah. So what does Paul say? He says that, listen, let no man judge you again in holy days. Hallelujah. Or in meat and drink. 
Hallelujah. Or in servants. Or in all those shadows. Say these things are shadow, but the body, the reality, the real manifestation is Christ. That's why I say, come out of shadows. Hallelujah. The Israelites for centuries were celebrating the Passover. It was what? A light shining in dark places. Because that Passover was who? Christ. The Bible said that Christ is our Passover. So that day, finally, when he was with his disciples, he took the bread and the wine. He said, this bread you have been eating every time during the Passover. Who is it? This bread is me. He said, this is my body. This is my blood. Every time you've been taking it, you have been prophesying and signifying my death. Now I have come and I have died. I'm about to die and fulfill it. Once it is fulfilled, you put the shadows away. You put it away. When the real thing comes, what are you doing with shadows anymore? We love shadows. We love to cling to them. Give up the shadows. The reality has come in Christ. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says that we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit, not in the shadows. Not in the shadows. There are many believers that want to worship like men of old, the Old Testament believers. They want to worship like Abraham. They want to worship like the Israelites. Hallelujah. Bringing this and bringing that and doing it. Holding on to shadows. They want to hold on to shadows. Hallelujah. The reality has come in Christ. So what did Jesus say? God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him not in types and shadows, but in spirit and in words. True. Hallelujah. Give up the shadows. Stop holding on to the shadows. Amen and amen. We build doctrines out of shadows. We brought commandments of men out of shadows, enslaving, entangling men's lives. The Bible says, stand fast in the liberty where when Christ has made you free. And do not be entangled again with any yoke upon the Galatians chapter number 3, Hallelujah, chapter number 4. Because in verse 3, he says, all foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Having begun in the, in the spirit, you now want to be perfected in the flesh. They were going back to the shadows. They were going back to the law. The shadows, hallelujah. The reality in Christ has come. Christ is the reality. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Christ is my reality. So what does the writer of Hebrews say? Hallelujah. He goes through the book of Hebrews. Like I mentioned to you the other time. He loves up all the elders and their shadows. Deals with them and put them away. They says, now faith, that is their faith, the faith of the elders was a substance of things hoped for. If you are hoping for something, you don't have it. They did not have it. What were they hoping for? Jesus. Gee, Moses said that a prophet like unto me, God will send unto you. They were expecting something. They had faith in something. Abel did not know Jesus, so he brought a sacrifice that typified Jesus. Hallelujah. The Israel needed salvation in the wilderness. God said to lift up the bronze serpent. Amen and amen. Typifying Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. She said, this faith, substance of things so far, evidence of things. Man. This is the faith of the fathers. This is not your faith. It is not your faith. You, the new creation in Christ Jesus, this is not your faith. Right after what's in verse 2, Hebrews 11, 2. What does the Bible say? It says, by this faith, the, the elders obtained a good report. The only thing they could obtain with that kind of faith, the faith that is a substance of things so far and evidence of things not seen, was what? A good report. If you read down to the end, the Bible says, These all, Abraham, Isaac, all the patriarchs, Samson, 
Jaffa. They all died in what? Faith. Have they not received the promise? They did not have it. Hallelujah. Because God had planned something better that they without us should not be made perfect. Are you listening to that? That they without us should not be made perfect. Hallelujah. So you come after he has gone through Hebrews chapter 12. He comes to verse chapter 11. He comes to verse 12 and he says, Since we are guarded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin and the way that so easily besets us. Hallelujah. What is that? Unbelief in Christ. And let us run the race with patience. Looking away from these elders and their shadows to Jesus. Hallelujah. Looking away. When he said looking unto Jesus, he was saying, he is building a certain point. So he said, look away. When he started in Hebrews 1, he dealt with angels because the Jews believed in angels. You know, the, 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 the person Moses met, met in the burning bush was not God. The Bible said, Jesus came, he said that no man had at any time seen God. Moses was a man. That means Moses never saw God. Hallelujah. Who did Moses meet in the burning bush? An angel. Amen and amen. Even the law that was given to them, the Bible says that it was given through angels to a mediator. It was angels that delivered the tablets of the law to Moses. It was not God. God had nothing to do with the law. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. He dealt with angels. He deals with all the sacrifices. He deals with the elders. Then he says, look away. Look away. Look for away from the shadows. Look away from the ties. Look unto the reality. Jesus, the author. He is the one who authored the faith in Abel. And he is the one who has finished it by dying on the cross. The faith you have now in Christ is a fulfilled and a finished faith. When Jesus said it is finished, he did not mean that, oh, your sickness is finished and your death is finished. He means it is fulfilled. What is fulfilled? All the prophecies concerning me, all the types and shadows, I have come as a reality. I have fulfilled them. He didn't say your exams is finished. That's not what he meant on the cross. When he said it is finished, he meant it is fulfilled. What you have is a fulfilled, fulfilled faith. That's what the Bible says. That all the promises of God, they are yet and amen in where Christ Jesus. It's not like, okay, I now pray for the promise of God. Oh God, your promise is true. Please meet your promise in my life. No, the promise is yes and amen. It means it is fulfilled in Christ. So what do I have? I have a fulfilled promise. Brethren, if your promise is fulfilled, is it still a promise? Somebody talk to me. If somebody gives you a promise and it is fulfilled, is it still a promise? Is it still a promise? I promise you that I'm going to buy you this. I promise you I'm going to do that for you. And I do it for you. Is it still a promise? What do you have? A fulfillment. Hallelujah. Brethren, we are not chasing promises. We have it. We have it. Healing was a promise. It is fulfilled. And it is us. Hallelujah. That is why we don't say, oh, may God heal you. No. We declare, be healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Be made every with whole. Amen and amen. Every promise is fulfilled. And it is ours. So we take it. Forgiveness was a promise. He says, I will remember their sins no more. Jesus came and fulfilled it. Now forgiveness is yours. So what does he say? Come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain. He says, Rambami, take it. It is fulfilled. It is yours. Take it. 
take it, it is yours. Hallelujah. It is fulfilled. You don't go and beg for it. It's, it's delivered to you. We are living in fulfilled promises. Amen. As believers, this is the glory the new creation in Christ has come into. Marco Labo say, that I keep telling believers, listen, these patriarchs of old, not to discount who they were and what God did through them, but we need to understand their place. They are not on the level of Christ Jesus. Some people value Elijah more than Christ. They value Moses more than Christ. Moses in heaven is saying, why do I have followers up to now? Why do I have followers? This is when John the Baptist came on the scene. He started his ministry. It was when John and the ministry of John was increasing. When Jesus came on the scene, God gave him revelation. After he had said, this is, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He said that I indeed baptize you with water. But he that cometh after me, the latches on his shoes, I am unworthy to untie. He says, he must increase and I must decrease. John had the revelation. After John baptized Jesus, that was when John himself should have ended his ministry. Because all his ministry was to prepare a way for the one to come. After you are prepared and the one has come, what are you doing on the scene? You are a shadow. Give way to the reality. John continued. What happened to John? He got confused. He was now in prison. They said, send them, ask him. He said that Christ to come. I'm sure John is ashamed of what he said now. He's in heaven. I'm sure he's ashamed. Some people even think that John, because of that statement, is going in heaven. He said, are you the Christ to come or we should expect another? All because he did not end this ministry when the reality came. He himself said it. He must increase and I must decrease. And John represented the prophets and the law. He must increase. The, Jesus said to John, who do you think John was? He said, John was a burning and a, a shining and a burning what lamp. What is a burning lamp? Something that is being consumed. When you light a candle, it will consume and finish. It has an expiring date. As a believer, you are not a shining and a burning lamp. Your lamp doesn't die. You are of the true light, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. John was a shining and a burning lamp. And Jesus said that you were willing to bask in it for a season. John's ministry, John's glory was for a season. Just like the glory of the old covenant, it fades away. Hallelujah. But in the ministration of death had glory, how much more the ministration of life would exceed in glory. Brethren, this is the glory we have come into as new creations. Let's give up the shadows. John should have gone off the sea. He would have saved himself from feather encumbrances. He should have. The day he baptized Jesus, he should have ended his ministry. If you notice, after he baptized Jesus, all of a sudden, things began to change. Say, hey, the guy you baptized, he is now baptizing more people than you. Meanwhile, Jesus himself did not even baptize anyone. Jesus himself, right? Jesus himself did not baptize anyone. Do you know why? Because John actually spoke of the Spirit and said, I baptize you with what? Who baptized with water? Who baptized with water? But he that cometh after me, who is that Jesus, will baptize you with what? The Spirit, not water. So his disciples were following what John was doing and was baptizing people. Jesus was just observing. He said, these men, they are not born again, so they don't understand. Let me leave them to do what they are doing. Hallelujah. Jesus baptizes with the Spirit. Water baptism is what? A shadow. Give it up. The reality is Spirit baptism. That's what the Bible says. 
Except a man be born of water, that is the spirit. Not in the spirit. It's not too big. People have built doctrines out of it. If you are not water baptized, you don't go to heaven. What does that do to you? Does that have any spiritual significance in your life? Absolutely zero. It was introduced by John. What did Jesus introduce? Spirit baptism. The Bible says that for my one spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 13, have we all been baptized into one body and have been made, sorry about that, and have been made to drink of that same spirit. You understand me? Amen and amen. Bring me water. Finish something in me here. Hallelujah. And I've been made to drink of that same spirit. It is the spirit that Jesus brought. Hallelujah. You understand what I'm talking about? It is what? The spirit that Jesus brought. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give up the shadows. Brethren. We have dwelt in shadows for far too long. Give it up. Give it up. Oh Lord. Come into the glory that you are actually coming to. The Bible says that he that is born of the spirit is what? Spirit. He that is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. Then in order to stop you from thinking that, okay, sometimes I'm in the flesh and sometimes I'm in the spirit. He tells you. But you are in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of Christ dwells in you. Hallelujah. Where are you? You are in the spirit. So the Bible says, if you live in the spirit, do what? Walk in the spirit. Somebody say with me, I live in the spirit. Therefore, I walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit. I live. This is this is this should be your mantra as a believer. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit. I live in the spirit. I walk in the spirit because you have born there. Amen. Where you are as a believer, give up the shadows. Give up what? This Jesus we talk about. He was not just the man who walked in Galilee. Like we love to sing about him. I love the man from Galilee. He has taken away. What I want to say very much for me. He has taken away my sins. He goes to me. I love, I love that man from Galilee. I love that man from Galilee. He has done so very much for me. He has taken away The version I know is, I love that man from Galilee, for he has done so very much for me, he has taken away my sins. So forgiving my sins and taking away my sins. I think everybody has a different version, and it still works. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. But the thing is, he is not merely a man from Galilee. That had to do with the flesh. 
If you study, listen, that's why you see the gospels, like I told you, are what eyewitness accounts. Look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They begin their books by what? Chronicling the genealogy of Jesus as to their flesh. Abraham begat this, begat that, begat this, begat that, begat this, begat that, begat And then Joseph, and then they come, and then Mary begat Jesus. Then they'll go into, in the year that since Augustus was this, Mary was with child by the Holy Ghost. And then John did not waste his time with the visitation of the angel, with Mary and all those things, and Herod, John did not waste. Why? Because John had revelation. He dealt with the spiritual origin of Jesus. He says, in the beginning was what? Hallelujah. We don't follow eyewitness accounts. They just give evidence that he was truly a man. Hallelujah. Because to save us, he had to become a man. But now we have greater revelation of the mystery. So we know that he is the word. So John says, of the word of life, which we have what? Handed. Hallelujah. Amen. Very, the scriptures contain the glory that we have been brought into. The Bible says that in bringing many sons into glory, the purpose of Jesus in resurrecting was to bring you into glory. The Bible says that for whom he justified, he did what? He glorified. The end goal was to glorify you. That is to raise you to heavenly dignity. To sit you in the same place that Christ is seated. That's why you are a joint heir with Christ. What could be a greater position than that? But men, believers, new creations in Christ, rather want to follow. Men without whom, without, without us, they will not be perfected. Men like Elijah. Like Moses, we want to follow them. Ruth, Naomi. I want to do a character study of Ruth. Hallelujah. Ruth without you will not be perfected. They all die in faith, having not received the promise. Because God had planned something better. That they without us should not be perfected. That means I am their perfection. Ruth should be studying you. Elijah wants to study you, the new creation. <laughs> Hallelujah! Oh, the men will know. If any man is in Christ, he is. If only we know that these things are not allegories we speak. They are what realities. Amen. Amen. Speak in tongues for a little while. Podoko Pakende mazunde matala mazula babayes. Kleba sonde mazonde paya. Poba kondo mazunde mata. Imala nala balabatini li babos. Kangras payeose. Mantini mi kapende papayas. Rate kosa abande babayas. Me popose seka. Katingeliba utelima antes. Netolima atini ni kapalias. Peri antesi kolio kokoso susu suma mama. Rebo o sisi mama. 
Mando sisi amama Repapose sisi amama Agata basulu muzisi ya baba Lofogo zopogo zibabe Londo groso toko saatale Lego zabayebos Katemo katema yaya Losese Besentoranga suze mikayes In the name of Jesus Hallelujah Hallelujah. Oh, Satabaye. We are the new creation in Christ Jesus. We are the circumcision in Christ Jesus. We are the beautiful people of Zion. Hallelujah. Katabo Sapaye. Amen and amen. We are the beautiful people of Zion. The beautiful people of that beloved country called Zion. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the Lord loveth the gates of Zion. More than all the dwellings of Jacob. Hallelujah. He says, Great things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Who is the city of God? The church, the body of Christ, the people of God. Brethren, when God called Abraham out of his country, the Bible says that Abraham left not knowing where he was going. But the Bible says that he was looking for a city. Which had foundations, whose builder and maker was who? God. Which city was that? Zion. Hallelujah. Abraham was looking for Zion. That's why he never found rest here on the earth. It wasn't her in the Chaldees. Hallelujah. Certainly not Canaan. When Joshua brought the children of Israel to Canaan, Hebrews tells us, if Joshua had given them rest, they would not say in another place that they remained therefore a rest for the people of God. They went into that land and they were still striving with people. It was a mere typology. Hallelujah. The real rest was coming. And who was that rest? Jesus. Hallelujah. He's speaking of the Sabbath day in this wise. That he that believes has entered the rest of God. The Sabbath is what? The rest of God. He that believes has entered the rest. If Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another rest. They did not enter the promised land. But you and I in Christ who have believed have entered the rest. The real promised land, you and I, we've entered it. We are not about to enter it. Hallelujah. We've entered. So the Bible says, you have come to where? Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. To the heavenly Jerusalem. Remember the vision of God. He saw Jerusalem coming from heaven above. The new Jerusalem coming. The Bible says, you have come there. You are there. That vision John saw was not from the future. It's for now. Hallelujah. You are that new Jerusalem is the bride of Christ. Who is the bride of Christ? The church, the body of Christ. It is us he's talking about. Hallelujah. Where was Abraham going? He was going to Zion. Hallelujah. Cable say, better still, he was going to church. Abraham was looking for us. The Bible says that he that the old he that believes is blessed with believing Abraham. Hallelujah. The Bible says Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. So you know where Abraham was going? He was going to look for his brothers. 
those who also believe and accounted to them for what righteousness hallelujah Abraham was looking for such people. He, was, he could not find them here on the earth. He was looking for such people. He died in faith, did not receive what? Their promise. But now, Abraham, wherever he is, he has met. So the Bible says that we have come to the spirit of just men made perfect. How were they made perfect? By us. Because the Bible says without, without us, they would not be made perfect. Abraham has come to his brethren. That is you and us. We have come to the spirits, because now they don't have their bodies, of just men. Who are just men? They were justified by their faith. It was given to them as a promissory note. When Jesus died and he descended into hell, first he went to Hades. Hallelujah. He said, guys, folks, wait here. Let me go down there and deal with some issues. When I come back, after he went there and abolished death, through death, by death he abolished death. Hallelujah. He rose up when he was coming back. He passed through Hades. All the just men who had believed God and were given a promissory note, he came and now delivered what the notes promised. That was what eternal life. He gave it to them. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Job was there. Hallelujah. Oh, Enoch was there. Hallelujah. Somebody say, but I thought Enoch was in heaven. The Bible says that he was not for God caught him. The Bible says that no man has ascended to heaven above. Where was Enoch caught to? Hades. He was there. Hallelujah. All the just men, they were there in Hades, the place of the dead. But they were in a different compartment of Hades, where the righteous are. It's called Abraham's bosom. Jesus went there. All those that are believed, they had a promissory note. You show your promissory note, Jesus gives you the eternal life. You show it, he gives it to you. You show it because they believed in the type of Christ before he came. He gave it to them, and they all rose from the grave. Matthew chapter number 27. The Bible says that when Jesus rose from the grave, the graves of their patriarchs were open, and they were walking in the city. When he ascended, he went to them. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So the Bible says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Hallelujah. Amen. We have come to the spirit of judgment made perfect. And we are enjoying the new creation life they long for here. You have it. There are these things the angels long to look into. Do you know what you have as a believer? That is why we cheapen it when we make it about other things. Hallelujah. It breaks my heart. Amen and amen. Abraham was going to church. He was going to find like-minded brethren. Hallelujah. <laughs> that is why when I walk around, I'm looking for like-minded brethren. People like me, new creations, I'm looking for them. How do I identify them? Hallelujah. You can identify people by their language. When you go to a place, they are speaking Chinese. You are change your choice. Hey, my group are here. Hallelujah. You go to a place. You hear them say, in the chat, Palasa, you know, hey, my Nigerian folks are here. Hallelujah. How do you identify believers? We also have a language. Matatayas. You pass somewhere, you hear them. Colongo Shate. Paul Rabapasite Kosa. He say, hey, my people are here. Let me join them. Let me join them. Let me join them. Oh, Kaponde Papayas. Kepando Lobokosete Babose. You join them. You, 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 you travel to another country. You're just, you're just walking around. You're walking around. Hey, my people are there. 
Arab. Then you go to another country. You are just gallivanting, gallivanting, gallivanting. You hear something? He called you, he called you. Hey, my people are here. Kapende, kapende, matonde, mate. Shebelele, bezunde, mataya. Then you are charged in your spirit, man. Hallelujah. You are charged in your spirit. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. How being in the spirit he speaketh what mysteries. Hallelujah. Yes, Abraham was looking for like-minded men. Brethren, I encourage you as you walk around, look for like-minded men. Look for what? Like-minded men. That was what Abraham was looking for. So his spirit was restless. Do you think Abraham was concerned? What the Old Testament, the Old Testament will always tell you about physical things. He talks about the riches of Abraham, which a lot of people think the blessing of Abraham was in his riches. Abraham was not concerned about that too. He has something else on his mind. The Bible says that if he had been mindful of the country where he had left, he would have had an opportunity to return. He, it was a spiritual journey he was on. He was looking for like-minded brethren. Hallelujah. Kotobosi. The Bible says that they saw it from afar and greeted it by faith. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. But we have it for faith. We have it. We were the people he was looking for. Moses and all these brethren. They were looking for us. They were longing for us. David, longing for us. Their spirit could not rest in his head. They were looking for something real and greater. Mount Zion, the city of our solemnities, the heavenly Jerusalem. The spirit of judgment made perfect. He said, We have come to the blood of sprinkling. Hallelujah. That speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Hallelujah. It says we have come to the mediator of the new covenant. Amen. Not of the letter which kills. We have come to the mediator of the what? New covenant. Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant. A better covenant. Stop living small in the old covenant. Then you come and live small in the new covenant. Live small in the old covenant. That's how some believers live. If they want to enjoy grace more, they come and live in the new covenant. You know? And they want to, if they want to, you know, have some kind of, you know, if they want to deal with God by demand and demand and demand, they go to the old covenant. But God is not a God of demand. He's a God of supply. Amen. I said God is a God of supply. He doesn't demand anything from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he did not spare his only son, but gave him freely for us, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Brethren, these are not things we say to make ourselves happy. These are realities. We believe. Amen. Amen. We are convinced of them. Hallelujah. Paul says, I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? You must be. This gospel we have come to believe, you must be persuaded by it. Hey, it's not a joke. That's why it pains my heart. When we make it about things of this world, listen, I told you, things are enjoy pain. But remember, it is not about them. 
Abraham had them. He enjoyed them. But he knew he was on a spiritual journey. Even him, who did not receive the promise, recognized that these things is not about that. The cars enjoyed them. Right? So, I told you. Bro, I told you, I will choose your car. And that was permission. Because I have a nice car I want to choose for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't worry. Hey, dry so the money chop so hallelujah. May you chop money in this life. You see, may you chop money and you now you know I'm chopping money. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Yes. But in all those things, remember. That's not what your new life in Christ is about. It is greater than these things that perish. These things, they fade away. All flesh is like what? Grass. And your glory thereof like the flower of the field. It blossoms and it also fades away. There are many believers who put their hope on things that fade. They put their trust in things that fade. They follow after things that fade. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. Whether they are realities beyond the natural eye. Hallelujah. There are greater truth beyond the natural eye. Amen and amen. God's estimation of you is not how much you have in your account. It's not what car you drive. That's not how God esteems you. He esteems you based on the quality of your human spirit. Focus on that and develop it in Christ. That's why he looked at the Laodicean church. He said, We are rich, we have no need of anything. What was Jesus' commentary? You are poor. You are to be pitied. They had Rose Rolls Phantom. They had Maybach Maserati. They had beautiful houses in Cinco Ranch in Texas. You understand? In Viatus County, close by. Hallelujah. They had it all. They had lands, houses. They were rich, well supplied. Amen. They were chopping money in <laughs> Hallelujah. Yet still, because their heart was in that, they trusted in that. Jesus said, You are to be pitied. You are miserable. You are wretched. You don't know the true riches you have. Then we have true riches in Christ. It's called the glorious riches of Christ Jesus. That's what my heart is after, brethren. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says that if only in this life we have hope, we are of all men most what? I love it that it not say we are of all men, it said most. <laughs> That means amongst all the categories of men, we that have decided we believe in Christ, if in this life only we have hope, we have all men most miserable. Those who think in this life only they have hope, you, you can see in their life the way they live. They live for this life. But what does James say? James says, naked you came, and naked you will go. He said that it, you brought nothing into this one. And it is certain. You know why James did not say it is certain you brought nothing into this world? Because that one, every man agrees. Because we remember the day we were born. 
But somewhere, somehow, when we acquire the riches of this life, our heart is foolishly deceived. We think somewhere, somehow, I can transcend the curtains of this life with my possessions. So John said, Jesus, it is certain, know for a surety, that you will not take anything out of this life. So he says, Godliness with contentment is what? Job, James was not saying, okay, be godly and be content. No. He says, Godliness with contentment. That word with means that the contentment is in godliness. That is, a man that lives in godly or works in godliness is a content man. It's not like, okay, be godly and also be content. They are not two different things. The contentness is in godliness. If you are a godly man, you are a content man. That means, if you are not a content man, you are not a godly man. Godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Hallelujah. One of the parts of the message that I was going to preach tonight, actually, was on the gospel and material wealth. Remember I told you about that? Amen and amen. Godliness without contentment is what? Great gain. Hallelujah. Let your heart be assured in these truths. You see, we are all riding the same nice cars, but where my heart is, is not. That is why all my riches, where do I focus it? The kingdom, the gospel. Hallelujah. What did Jesus say to the rich man that came to him? He came to him and said, How can I obtain it? And I said, What? Where obey the law? He says, From the child, I've obeyed the law. Every part of the law you can quote, I've obeyed. He just said, Oh, really? Okay. Then the only thing you have to do now is sell everything you have and come and follow me. What is Jesus' attitude towards riches? Sell everything and come and follow me. The Bible says, At that, the man sat, his face was sorrowful because he was very rich. Not just because he was rich, because his heart was in his riches. Where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. Or where your heart is, that is where your treasure will be. Which one is rich? What does the Bible say? Where your treasure is, that means your heart follows your treasure. If you put your treasure in kingdom things, in the work of the ministry, in the gospel, your heart will be there. That's what the Bible says, love not the world. If you put your treasure in things of the world, your heart will be in the world. But Demas, having loved the present world, has departed from it. And very sure his treasure was there. So his heart followed. Sometimes you can tell brethren in the, in the, in the, in the faith. You can, tell, you can see them slipping into the world. They have not lost their salvation because once saved forever, there is no controversy on that matter. I love Charles Spurgeon. We quoted him yesterday. What did he say? If Christ died once and for all, then I am saved once and for all. What scripture is that based on? He says to the uttermost, all them that come to him. So I'm not worried about my eternal security. Salvation is not a two-year contract plan. Subject to renewal based on the evaluations of God, whether you've done well or not. How well did you tithe in those two years? How many times did you go to church? 
How much did you pray? Are you doing well? If not, let me take away my salvation. <laughs> salvation is not a renewal plan. It is eternal. He is the author of eternal salvation. Not 10 years subject to renewal salvation. It is not a subscription. Amen. These are the truths we are sure of. Hallelujah. Mata prata kasa talababehas. Amen and amen. Let your heart follow your treasure. So let your treasure be where? In the kingdom. Hallelujah. They have value there. Amen. Yes. You will prosper mightily. You will prosper. I say you will prosper. Basa, 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 basa. Hey. You will prosper, Papa. As you prosper, remember. Hallelujah. God is not against it. <coughs> Whether you choose to be a billionaire, billionaire, that is up to you. God is not the one to choose it for you. Do you know that? That God doesn't choose for you to be a billionaire, billionaire. You choose through your own activities. Do you know that? Some believers need to know that. They seriously need to. That through their own activities. Isaac saw seed in that land. The same land. And reap the hundredfold. What seed was that? Was that money? What seed did Isaac sow? Corn and other agricultural produce. He sowed cabbage. He reaped a hundredfold cabbage. Because he once seed. Uh, many things. Hallelujah. That means Isaac worked in the land. May God provide work for you. Because he blesses the work of your hands. There is no shortcut to wealth that God will reign. That God has never sent money from heaven. I put two dollars and I get four dollars back. I sow a seed of ten and get thousand back. That's not how it is. Like Christians will be billionaires in his life. Not Bill Gates. Bill Gates works. They work. So pray for work. Hallelujah. There is no multiplication table anywhere. And I also say permutation and combinations. It, it doesn't work like that. There is no miracle money anywhere. Bring this and it will, multiply, it will become this. It will become this. Oh. You see me as a man of God. I have rose oil. If you sow into this blessing, you also get a. It doesn't happen like that. Go and get job. Let him that does not work. And Paul gives us why you should work. He says that let him that stole still no longer. He should work with the sons that which is good. That is not anywhere. No for one night. <laughs> That which is good, work that which is good, so that he may have to do what? What is God's attitude towards possessions? Give it away. Give it away. You know why? Because it's about your heart. God doesn't want possession. He knows how subtle possessions can have your heart. That is why Lord's wife turned back. Because his heart was with his possessions. He had left a mark, eyebrows and eyelashes. 
The fire was turning it. Oh my God. Hey. She had left her Michael Kors was there. Tori Birch was there. Kate Spade was there. She had all these people. Hallelujah. She had them all. Including the Brazilian and Peruvian. It was there. Because if you go to Lord's wife's closet, they hang them. Black and brown. Why do women wear some colored hair? I just don't get it. She had it there. Lord's wife. And you know something? This is my personal opinion. <laughs> this is my own personal opinion. It's not scripture. It's my own personal. I think Lord's wife was selfish, Kaka. You know why? Her daughters in law did not turn back. That means anything of value to be looking back in their hands over there. Everything they have, everything Lord he did, she didn't share with her. She didn't share. She didn't share. Oh, Auntie, please, can I go? This one, will it fit you? This one I've not worn it before. <laughs> Hallelujah. She had it all over there. The bags, she had it all over there. She did. Listen, the spiritual significance was that. She not just turned physically, she turned in her heart. She's looking there. And she turned into a pillar of salt. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Brethren, when it comes to material things, God wants you to what? He doesn't want you to hold your heart. And the key is to give away. If you go into your closet and you have bags you've never opened, give it away. Clothes you've never worn, give it away. Go through them, go through them. How many do you wear in a day? I know they are clothes for special occasions and special seasons. Keep them. Jesus says, if you have two tunics, give one away. I thought you were a follower of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. All those with the palasages, you have two palasages, bring one. I don't want, I don't want. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You understand? How, what is, what, what does God want your attitude towards material things to be? Let him work with his sons that which is what good that he may have to give. The purpose of work is to have to give. Not to have to hold for the believer to have to give, not to have to hold. That does not mean don't save and don't invest. Hallelujah. That does not mean that. Amen and amen. Jesus did not tell the rich man. Then go and sell all your possessions and come and sow it into my ministry. 
Is that what Jesus said? Did Jesus not need money for his ministry? He needed. But what did Jesus say? Go and give it to the poor. And come and follow me. What does Jesus want from you? Not your money. He wants you to follow him. That's why I weep always. See, sometimes when we tell people the gospel is not about material wealth, they fight us. Because they think that when we say that we are saying that that means a Christian cannot be a successful person in the world. Maybe your academics or your business or whatever. You can't be successful. That's all we are saying. I mentioned to you the other time, I'm a scientist. And by God's grace, a PhD at it. But as I'm standing here talking to you, I'm not talking to you about chemistry. Am I? Imagine I came here and I started mentioning some chemistry. What would you say? I'm in the wrong place. So if somebody is in the church and talking about other things, I'm not saying we can't talk about finances in the church. We can. But if the church is about wealth creation and success and those things, I'm in the wrong place. If you're in your spirit, nothing tells you that you're in the wrong place. There is something wrong with you. Abraham was looking for like-minded brethren. Maybe you are also looking for like-minded brethren and you are found there. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a certain deception. Deception, I see. Hallelujah. When we obtain the grace of God into lasciviousness, that's our come. That is how come you can interpret a scripture that says, For you know the grace of God, that he became poor, that you might become rich. You can interpret that scripture to be, Jesus became physically poor, so that I will be physically rich. Is that why Jesus died? So that you will be physically rich? Are we physically rich? We are to a certain degree. Hallelujah. Is the purpose of the death of Christ physical riches? Things that don't last. Money that can change. Dollar. Power. Hallelujah. Is it that? Then don't go take them to a spiritual than us because they have more than us. We should go to them and let them lay hands on us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You see why this area I hate is word? Because the Bible says, men of corrupt mind, destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means to gain from such withdrawal. Godliness is a means to what? Gain. From such withdrawal, they don't see Christ as an end in himself. They see Christ as a means to an end. From such withdrawal. <laughs> the same way you are going, the same way. From such withdrawal yourself. These things are serious, brethren. They are subtle. 
You see, if you tell somebody, God wants you well, God has... it's true. Nobody can deny that. So you mean, you somebody say, so you mean, that, does God not want us to be rich? What answer do you think I'll give you? Yes, God wants you. The, the, the only thing ask you that say, so you mean God wants me to be poor? Definitely <laughs> God doesn't want you to be poor. You provide your needs. Does God not say that you provide our needs? Yes. Then they are drawing you like that. They are drawing you. It's called bait. They are baiting you. They suppose godliness is a means to gain. So if you notice, for 52 weeks in a year, you've not learned anything about Christ, His work, and who you are in Him. The realities of the glory that has come out of the resurrection. The truth that you've not learned anything about every day. What? 21 steps to this. 15 steps to that. Hallelujah. 12 steps to. 32 steps to. Every day, steps to steps to steps, steps to where? Every, everything is a step to, step to, step to. And every time it's long because you will never get there. <laughs> Hallelujah. We've not finished the 12 steps you brought that in. This Sunday you gave us 12 steps. The next Sunday you are giving us 20. The 12 steps we've not finished. You've given us extra 21. <laughs> Why? At least let me finish the 12 that you can bring from 21. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Am I saying that we can't talk about finances in church? No, we can. We can teach men to be prudent in their finances as we show. But the gospel must not be turned to material wealth. That is not the gospel. Paul says, I delivered unto you first of all, of first importance, that which I also received, that Christ died. First Corinthians chapter number 15. This scripture, every believer, everyone in faith generation must know by heart. First Corinthians chapter number 15. I delivered unto you first of all, of first importance, that which I also received, that Christ died according to the scriptures. That he was buried and raised according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. This is the gospel you believe. That was preached to you. You believe and by which you were saved. By what gospel were you saved? Christ died according to the scriptures. He was resurrected according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You see, that's what the Bible says that contend endlessly for the faith that was once for all delivered unto you. Hallelujah. Now, don't get me wrong that if somebody preach five steps to something, that doesn't mean. Hallelujah. Five steps to receiving the Holy Ghost. Number one, position yourself well. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, believe me. Number three, did Peter give anybody five steps to receive the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Hallelujah. There are no 15 steps to receive in that. Did you follow 15 steps to receive the Holy Ghost? So, 23. <laughs> 23 steps to the anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> 
<laughs> Today my message is 23 steps to the anointing. The anointing that breaks the yoke. And you see everybody will be jumping. Hey! 23, they are about to follow. The Bible says you have an anointing of the Holy One. And this anointing is where? This anointing is where? This anointing is where? If it is in you, what steps are you following to find it where? The anointing is in you. Meanwhile, you are going on a goose chase to find it somewhere. You see how people make a merchandise of us. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We give God praise. We give God glory. 15 minutes, 20 minutes more to 12 o'clock, and then we are done. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you see, tonight I'm giving you plainness of speech. Hallelujah. There's no mysterion. It is what? Plainness of speech. Amen and amen. That area, I like hitting it. Ah, you know why? Because every day I see, I see it. So I like hitting that area. Ah, hallelujah. Not because I have anything against anyone. But the Bible says, contend endlessly for the faith. That was once for all delivered unto us. The faith, how was that faith delivered to us? It was delivered through a message. Hallelujah. So to contend for the faith, we must contend for the message. Do you know that ministry is the message? The message is the ministry. Hallelujah. So if you are contending for the faith, we are contending for the message that produces that particular faith. That is why we give no room for error in this regard. We give no room for contrary doctrines. We will fight you. The Bible says that in Jerusalem there arose no small contention don't be afraid of contention when you are contending with people over things that matter to Christ. Things of the faith. There, there, there should not be any small contention. When they speak, speak. Have the last word. <laughs> that is the only time you should contend. Don't contend with your brethren over issues that don't matter. <laughs> Fighting them on things. When it comes to, what were they contending over? Doctrinal issues. You know how Paul lived for three years in Ephesus. Night and day with tears in his eyes. Paul was about to depart Ephesus. What pained his heart was not that he will miss. They are watching, they have been serving him. Or the job they have been giving him. Or the Friday hours of the Ephesians. Paul's heart was weeping. Because Paul says, For I know. That the moment I depart, I will not have got into the city gate, then they will be here. 
He says, I know ravenous wolves will come in and draw a following after themselves. They will upset your faith. How will they draw a following after themselves? With false doctrine. They will teach another gospel. So he says, if any man, even if me or an angel comes and preaches another gospel to you, let him be what? Text. We are not talking about this thing. Our life is on the line. Amen and amen. We are contending for the gospel. It's message. We are contending for it. It doesn't mean that that is the only thing the Bible talks about. Hallelujah. But when it comes to the gospel, we are contending for the message. We give no room. Amen and amen. When we see anybody turning it into a ravenous, they are hiding and lurking around. When Paul was there, they could not come in because the shepherd is around. They were waiting. Paul now to do to do to acquire They waited one month. Paul was still in the office. Hey, this guy, two months, three months, he was there. One year, he said, "Oh, you don't worry." They were waiting for an opportune time, like their father, the devil. Oh. Hallelujah. When three years was up, Paul sends them. Because sometimes they'll be coming, they'll be coming when Paul is around. He knows them. He says, I know. He knows those ravenous wolves. So he was weeping. And he knew that some of the believers, they were unstable. Even though he had been teaching them for three years, they will not pay attention. Paul will teach them. They will run around and be chasing anointing oil. They will be chasing bracelets. They will be chasing holy water. They will be chasing this. They want blue water, green water, water from River Jordan, water from here. They want this to burn. They want stickers to burn put on their head. They, they, somebody gets pregnant. He wants to put sticker of somebody on his, of a man of God on his stomach. They, 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 they're chasing things. Just chasing things everywhere. One day Paul will visit the house. Where, 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 where is Adromansa? Where is that? He's gone, he's gone to this, so, 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 so. Then Paul will see her coming back. We start thinking, what is this for? It's for protection. What is this for? It's for my marriage. <laughs> you have not so learned Christ. Paul rebuking them, correcting them, pull them back in. For three years he lived there. The religious rules were still there. The greatest attack against the church is false doctrine. False teachers, false brethren, they are among us. The false brethren, hey, they are they just the false teachers. False brethren, they come in unawares. They sleep in there like us. They sing our hallelujah songs. They even pray in our tongues. You know, people learn our tongues. There's a place they teach tongues. Oh, come, say after me, kapa, kapa, then you say, kapa, 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 ya, kapa, ya, kapa, ya, kapa. They learn it. And once you start doing that, an evil spirit will do it. Hallelujah. They learn it. They are in the church with us. These are the kinds of people that always draw your mind after things that don't matter in the church. You will like this sister never encourages you to pray. Every day, gossip after gossip after gossip. Every day, there is a matter. Hey, have you heard about this sister? Hmm. I don't know. It's not like I want to come and tell you anything. If you are not coming to tell me, why are you telling me? <laughs> it's not like I want to, you know, it's not like I want to, you know, say anything. But you see, you see what? 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Every day, they never pray with you. Anybody that has not prayed, you check, check your friend. Anybody, one man, two man, the person has never prayed with you, cut him from your friend's list. You need like minded people. <laughs> this message is radical. <laughs> so if you have not called me and prayed with me for two months, <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. But I've been praying with you on the line now. <laughs> Hallelujah. These are the they, 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 you see they, they, any little after church, they will come to you. Today, you see Pastor's wife. No, I didn't see her. Oh, you didn't see her? No, I didn't see her. Oh, you didn't see her, okay. I, I was just. <laughs> I was just going to, you know. You see, he, she is just trying to get you to say, ah, so what? What is it? Then you open the door, she will run inside. <laughs> It's not like I want to say anything, you know. They always begin their, they are not safe with that thing. <laughs> so, Pastor Crab, I see, so, this, the church is not there. Every day, every day, they are like that. <laughs> we had one such come to pay generation. But she couldn't survive. Within two months or one month, she left. We had one. She called this person, she wants to gossip. She called that person, she wants to gossip about another member. Member she has not even met before. She not even met before. We that would pray, she wants to gossip about David. Even me, Pastor Sam, she called me, wants to gossip about Felicia. Pastor Sam, even Felicia, college, she not even return, I texted, she not even, is that how to be friends? We all pray, hallelujah. So she was there, I said, stop there. Hallelujah. Then she went and then she called Lorraine. Yeah, Pastor Sam, Pastor Sam is going to guys, she's going to see a girlfriend. <laughs> I said, hey. Then Lorraine shut her up. She had tried everyone, it wasn't working. Afterwards, her con the conclusion of the matter for her was, these people, they are children. <laughs> I can't fellowship with children. We are glad that in evil and malice we are children. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But in understanding we are mature. You can't survive. The love here is too great for such things. If you were here something about Tuesday, you are coming to tell Lorraine. Lorraine will tell you, hey, let's pray for Tuesday. Catch the person on that. Let's pray. The moment the person tells you, you listen. Oh, you say, Oh really? You know, they also start to start two things and tears that God loves her so much. Let's pray for her. The moment you see they say, oh, she will tell you, oh, you know, I have something on the kitchen. Let's let's pray for her. The moment you see the trick is that the moment you say let's pray, don't wait and the moment you say let's pray, they start praying. <laughs> Especially if the person is close to you. You visit them. 
You have the person, one word. You pray with the person. Don't pray to it in prayer. Yes. Yes, let's pray, pray. Let's pray, let's pray. Then you see, that, that day, that day, the, the prophetic come upon you. So I shall pray, you know, I feel in my spirit that Sister Tosi is going through so many things. There are too many attacks on her. Evil tongues are speaking against her. Let's pray against every evil tongue. You pray, you pray, you pray. Yes, you pray. Yes, you pray. Can we tell you about the elders? So I'm just crying, you know, yeah, there's something like some way, you know, wild. He said, you know, the Bible says that smite the sheep, the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Say, yeah, right, that's good. Yes, it means that when things happen in the leader's life, the sheep can go away. Do you want the church to be destroyed? Say, oh, no, you don't need that's not my intention. Then let's pray. We've cornered it. We've cornered it. Pray. Hallelujah. Somebody through whom the devil will destroy the church or the fellowship or the garden of believers. Be careful. Don't be somebody through whom the devil will bring contention between others. Hallelujah. We are humans. Hallelujah. We are believers. We are not mere humans. We are new creations. As long as we live in this human body, we may have problems among us. Maybe when we came here. This person did the same thing that you didn't really, not really, you know, that like women and their issues. <laughs> not, not just women and their men, sometimes men and their women. You say, oh, inside, yeah, she's too quiet, oh, she's too quiet, you know. I even said hello, she didn't say anything. She found her face. You know, you know, you see, don't, we have a, but love dominates. The Bible says love covers a multitude of what? Among us, the elders, let me tell you, you know how we fight. Not fight as it goes to do. We, we contend over things. <laughs> but after we come and play table tennis. By the way, entry school does not to me. <laughs> Still, Elder Oz has not recovered. <laughs> You see the questions you are asking. Pastor, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask my question. In plainness of speech. In plainness of speech. Yes. Anyways, hallelujah. See, these are some of the ones that you see. This one is the one that we do. Exactly. What should you say to him? Let us pray. <laughs> Me. For the first step to, uh, to help us on that. To help me overcome my troubles and trials. Please come for that. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You see, too, this is called learning with practice. <laughs> yes. Make sure you are not a channel. Many ministries have been destroyed because of that. You are the wife of an elder. You are the wife of a pastor. 
you are the husband of somebody who serves in the church of a woman of God, somebody God is using don't become a stumbling block in the fulfillment of the ministry you understand? you see and when we talk about love I'll talk about this you know sometimes we know everything but when it comes to the practice this is that I can never forgive it I can never I will never call her again when she calls me her name I will never forgive I will never forgive her God knows I'm human <laughs> but just two hours ago you were praying I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus where did that new creation go? <laughs> let your confession be your practice you were a new creation live like a new creation hallelujah But at least I also inflicted a menstrual. A measurable amount of pain for <laughs> <laughs> the us and the marriage. Even with the us, I gave him bonus to be <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We give God praise. We give God glory. I support you.